Welcome to the Fine Arts and God, I'm Dr. Roddy Vorkshe. I will continue to talk about the Holy Spirit and the spirit of revival and how we can recognize revival, receive it, protect it and make it grow, help it to grow. Like I said, the Holy Spirit is likened unto a fire. John the Baptist said about Jesus that he shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. When Moses saw the vision of the bush that was on fire, God was in that fire. The Bible says, I am a consuming fire, said the Lord. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 29. Our God is a consuming fire. Praise the Lord. So the Spirit, what does He consume? He consumes sin. He consumes everything that is not pure. He purifies the, the sons of Levi. We, talk, we read about in, in Malachi. How they, they're purified. They're purified. As silver is purified. As gold is purified. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit has a fire that is a purifying fire. And... Many people that do not understand and know what revival is to begin with, how it works, how it's protected, how it grows, and how it is fostered, and how it's is spread, and how it is implemented into our daily lives. What is the meaning of it? What is the purpose of it? Like we have spoken about before, you cannot be revived unless you have been visited before, but bringing back to life, reviving the Spirit of the Lord is a life-giving Spirit. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God is life. God is a life-giving Spirit. God quickens. He gives life to our mortal bodies, it says in Romans 8, 11. Hallelujah! And that's what happens in healing. The Holy Spirit comes and He quickens our mortal bodies. Now when we receive forgiveness from sin, when we repent and we receive the forgiveness of our sins, we accept our salvation, we are revived, our, or how should you say, our spirit man is renewed. Our spirit man, we should say, is born again. And if we fall away, then we can be revived. But in a, in a church, a nation, that has once known God can be revived. And this was so needed in America. It's so needed in Europe. It's so needed in, in many parts of the world. Come back to me, said the Lord. He is calling, he's calling, he's calling. And let me give you an example here. Because there's misunderstandings and ignorance that hinders God. I gave in earlier programs examples of how as a child I saw the young people being filled with the Holy Spirit, but when they came into their regular church setting, they were quenched. And therefore it died out, they dried up. Now it's not enough to having spoken in tongues one time. And that's a scripture that I want to bring out today. I, I spoke about it last week in last program. And it says in Ephesians 5.18, be not, be not filled with wine, be not drunk with wine, where it is excess, or riotous living, 
but rather be filled with the Spirit, or be being filled with the Spirit. See, this has been a misunderstanding in Pentecostal circles. At first you're born again, then you receive baptism of the Holy Spirit and baptism in water. And then that's it. Then you go to church and just pay your tithes and then support the pastor and hope that God will send revival. No! When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are to continue to live in that fire. We are, our hearts are like an altar, is like an altar and that altar has to continually have that fire burning. In order for fire to burn, we have to put things on the fire. Hallelujah. We have to, hallelujah, ask the Lord, hallelujah, to increase the flame in our hearts. Our passion for souls, our passion for the sick, our passion for the poor, our passion for, for those that are oppressed by the devil. This is a love of God. This is a fire of God. That fire has been nurtured. And this is what I see. I see that. Oh, I've been there. I've done that. Attitude. Well, you haven't continued. And this is what we read here in Ephesians 5.18. Be being filled. Continue to be filled with the Spirit. In Acts 2, we read about how they received the Holy Spirit. And how it transformed and gave birth to the New Testament church. And then we just go a few chapters further. And then again, hallelujah, there's a great, great outpouring of the Spirit. And then we go a few more chapters. And there's another great outpouring of the Spirit. The whole place shook. It was not just one outpouring. It was a continual outpouring. As they continued to pray. As they continued to serve God. As a matter of fact, first there was only 3,000 that got saved. And the next uh, re revival, uh, or I should say, campaign that they had, there were 5,000 that were saved. And then, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The persecution rose up. Because this is what happened. This is what we have to be prepared for. I haven't touched this. And it's important that I say a little bit about persecution. You know the word of God says is 2 Timothy 3.12. All that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. And it says in 2 Timothy 1.14 That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in you. So, persecution will come. Why? Because the devil is not going to sit there and take all that. He's not going to lose all these souls. He's not going to lose all these influence and territory that he has ruled for so many years. You think he's going to allow God's people just to come in and take over and then not say a peep about it? No, he's going to fight. He's going to stir up strife among the brethren. He's going to take good Christian people and try to put them in conflict with each other. Over small things. That's why love is so important. In every revival we have to have that spirit of love. Because the love of God is what unites us. You know, the, and the un unity in the spirit. Not just the artificial, ecumenical, coming together unity. No. The unity of the spirit releases the power of God. 
A powerful example of that is in the day of Pentecost. You know the day of Pentecost, before the day of Pentecost, they were in prayer. They were seeking God in the upper room. And when they were all in one accord, the Bible says, that means unity, they had come together in one accord. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Hallelujah! So, one accord in one place equals in one accord with each other, one accord with God's Spirit equals revival. See, some people now I can see in a country, uh, it, it will happen in Europe. And it, hap it happens everywhere where the power of God comes. Some people will say, well, you know, this, this kind of revival, I don't think we need that. I want, I'm all for revival and I want souls to be saved and all this. But this is just too much. What is this thing about why people are acting and behaving this way? That cannot be God. Understand this. That people can act and behave in many different ways. Because the Spirit of God has come upon them. And they might do something that you are, you find offensive. The natural man finds offensive. I'm sure a lot of people got offended over the way that Jesus ministered. When he ministered to people, a lot of people got offended. I'm sure. Today is the same thing. When the Lord was using Smith Wigglesworth to use him, <laughs> since he's he's got to be with the Lord. I mean that man, he was despised. He was put out of nations. Why? Because when God sent him to a place, he didn't hold back. He was bold as a lion. He prayed for my grandma. She had rheumatism arthritis to the point that she was always in pain. And she, he came to Stockholm and she got an opportunity to ask him to pray for her. And he said, read the scriptures. And he told her to read from 1 Peter 2.24. And the last part of that says, and by his stripes we are healed. Or we were healed, it says in English. And she read it. And then he said, now pray for your healing because God says you are healed. You were healed, past tense. So she began to pray, oh Lord, Lord, Lord. And she finished, he said, he said to her, there was absolutely no faith in that prayer. And you know, she was so devastated by this comment that she broke down, almost like a nervous breakdown, but she just broke down, hysterically started praying and sobbing and just, she just broke. You know, when she broke, the power and the yoke of rheumatism also broke and she was instantly healed by the power of God. This man, he used to punch people, not in his own might, but in the power of God. He learned it when there was this couple that came. He had, I read in one of his books that, that he had appendicitis and somebody came and ministered to him and the way they ministered, they punched him right there where the, the rupture, the appendix was. And do you know God healed him? And he picked up on that anointing. <laughs> and he would pray that way for people he ministered. He just punch him and knock him out. Do you think that he'd be welcome today? 
You know what he did when he came to Angelus Temple in Los Angeles? There was a little child that needed prayer. He said, bring the child up to the platform. They put the baby on the platform. You know what this man does? I mean, this is offensive. He would be arrested and sentenced to death if he was in Sweden or in European country. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. You know what else? He kicks the baby, a little baby. And the baby flies out in over the people in the congregation. Somebody catch the baby. Do you know the baby is totally healed? That is a weird healing. You know, a lot of people that don't want that kind of healing. A lot of people that want to get the ministry. Why? Because it offends the flesh. Now, if we have love, we might not understand it. We might feel like we want to be offended by this. But we forgive and we look to the end result. So I would advise every minister that when the revival breaks out in America and revival breaks out in Europe, look to the end result. Look to the fruit. You should know them by their fruits. And foster that which you understand. And go foster the, the move of the Spirit. Don't get hung up on, on manifestations. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in prayer. Stay close to God. People will be drunk on the new wine. And when people are drunk, they don't, they're not always in control of what they're doing, you know. And the same thing happens when the people come, when the power of God. Now, I want to say, when the Holy Spirit is in control over in a person's life, they will not put them in, in peril. They told me in Honduras, for instance, that when the power of God came in the many, many years ago in the Baptist, or in the La Iglesia Centroamericana, the Central American Church, that the power of God would come upon the people and they would have bonfires, big bonfires. And they would dance in the spirit and you know they would close their eyes and they come right up close to the bonfire and they would turn and they would get away from the fire. I have seen in campaigns, believe this or not, when I have been the main speaker, that people have been dancing in the spirit, young people have been dancing in the spirit on the platform, on the edge, if, knowing that if they fell off the platform, they'd probably break their neck. A long fall down to a hard surface. But you know they would go up to the edge and they would never pass the edge with their eyes closed. Hallelujah. See, the Holy Spirit is a marvelous with the Holy Spirit. I remember this big guy. A very, he used to be, he was a, a, a drug trafficker and he was in charge of a prostitution ring and so forth. He got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. He was like a child, but he was like a huge man. And at the time, we were in a tent and there were big poles, you know, tent poles. And I had the people come up to be ministered to by the Spirit. Again, I thought this would be the last program. I guess I have to make another one. But let me just tell you this. He was standing right in front of one of those poles. And when the power of God came upon the people, the whole, all one, hundreds of people that came up to be ministered to. Do you know the power of God came upon him and he would fall, but he would not fall straight back and hit the pole with his head. But he would fall, and nobody was behind him. I mean, you're talking about the, the 300 plus gentlemen here. He would fall backwards, and then he would fall to the side, and then back down. Do you know the angels of the Lord protected him? He didn't hit his head in that pole. On the other hand, I, seen, I went to one church in Dallas, Texas.
And in the Spanish church, I was praying for the people. There was a big guy too. And in the pews, they had like sharp corners. And I didn't have anybody behind him. I didn't know what God was going to do. I was just praying. All of a sudden, he falls. Boom. Hits his head on the corner of that pew. Like a sharp corner like this. They were, they were not uh, really nice pews. They were just, I just put them together, you know. They were going to fix them up better. And we could hear the noise when he hit the head. And I thought, boy, this man, if he didn't crack his neck, he for sure got a big hole in his head <laughs> if he didn't crack his head. But do you know he was unaffected by this? Why? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So if we go with the Holy Spirit, but remember we have to stay in the Word. When revival comes, we have to stay in the Word and continue to go with the Spirit. And the end result is what makes the difference. People will be saved, people will revive churches and grow, people will be healed, families will be healed, marriages will be healed. I mean, we will see people being blessed and prosper too. Hallelujah. Because that's part of revival. A very important part. I will continue this message in the next program. Until then, may God richly bless you, is my prayer. Amen. <music>